0: Today's episode is brought to you by Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. Best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win in our books. Omeo wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to that's omio.com. that's O-M-I-O dot and use the code omio 5 at checkout. Valid until July 31st for new users on all modes of transport. It's just the pick-me-up 2021 needs. Omeo, plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. We think we both can do. 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 Welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at Nomcast Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. All right, very cool show today. I recently sat down with the founder and editor in chief of what's on Mr. Casey Moore to talk everything Netflix from the business side to the entertainment side and really get into what fans want from Netflix, and by extension, of course, his website. We also get into what Netflix franchise sequels we are looking forward to the most, our favorite Netflix film of 2021 so far, a little Oscars talk, and much, much more. So stay tuned for that. Uh, It was very awesome talking with him, someone who definitely knows everything Netflix going on right now. So he was a great person to talk to. And if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me talk about what's on Netflix.com and how great of a resource it is for me and this podcast. But if you haven't checked out his website, I absolutely recommend it. Knowing what's coming soon or leaving Netflix or just general Netflix news, they have it all. So definitely check them out and follow them on Twitter at what's on Netflix. All right, let's get to it. Here it is, my conversation with What's on Netflix founder, Casey Moore. Give a listen. All right, here to tell us how he saved season four of Manifest is founder and editor-in-chief of What's on Netflix.com, Casey Moore. A pleasure to have you on, sir.
1: Yeah, pleasure. Uh, I'm not sure about that intro, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see how we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just all I see. It's it's between yeah. you know, hashtag save manifest is something uh, you know you'll never see enough of. I guess if you're on Twitter for far too long, between that no, and it- watching Coco Melon, I think is all <laughs> the people who uh, are on Netflix do.
1: Yeah, it's a super interesting case though for Manifest. I mean, I was surprised that Netflix even uh, le- um licensed it in the first place. So it's kind of Kind of strange to see the campaign that's going on. It sounds like it's going to come back in some form. I still can't see it being Netflix uh fully, right? Um, because I think there's a lot of complexities around the world for it, particularly when you when you look at it. They only got it for the US and Canada, sure. Um, and it's basically been sold elsewhere. And unlike Lucifer, I don't. I think it's going to be trickier to work out deal out, sure. Um, particularly because if you dive in at season four of Manifest, I mean, you're going to be pretty confused.
0: Yeah. So they'd have to get everything
1: whole cloth to make any sense yeah which i think is going to cost too much money so I, i think nbc is going to pull it back and there'll be um maybe netflix gets it a lot faster uh for the next season but we'll see how it goes but i'm, I'm still surprised uh, hbo max didn't pick it up because it is a warner show at the end of the day
0: yeah i saw you tweet something out like that and i was like huh i didn't think about it that way but yeah that's true you would think yeah. uh, trust me i have many questions involving the uh the streaming wars that i'm sure you're very well versed in so you know anything that comes up where there's potential ip or things that could be pulled back you know why wouldn't they you know, at any point, that that's all yeah. always the question.
1: Yeah, and, and if you look at the revivals, you know, in, in recent years, it's been mainly British shows that gets revived over at Netflix. I mean, the big, the as you say, the big streamers, even if they they'd rather have the show dead than give it to Netflix a lot of the times, right? Um, just because they don't want to give give ammunition, and plus Netflix's um, you know priorities have changed where they want content for long term, right? Uh, where a lot a lot of this, uh, you know, when they license the early seasons you know that i don't know exactly how the contracts work but you can assume that they don't last forever sure um so i think i think the priority has changed whereas early days you know it's getting some good established ip in whereas nowadays they're getting better at creating their own i mean there's still a long long way to go
0: Yeah, with them it's a volume game i've i've said this to many people over the years i mean they're especially because you know this this particular podcast is all about the the movie end of it and Mm. they've been a studio for what less than six years now and so you know it's it's a lot to expect them to be perfect at all of these and they keep trying and trying and trying to to get it better and better and obviously they get more and more oscar nominations and and you know getting the one the big things that they need is franchise and and that's why they keep trying to see what sticks you know because they if they get a surprise hit and it's cheap then that's more to them than anything so it's it's an amazing game of what we're seeing right now
1: yeah and, and you got to remember they're going up against people with decades if not a century in the case of you know disney nearly um yeah uh, of of heavily built ip and you know talent that's that's stuck with them um i think you've seen a lot of brain drain at places like disney to netflix um and, and others to be fair even apple we you know is i think it's going to be a, a serious contender one way or another I yeah mean, a lot of people have been critical about them not buying a library but i think it's going to work for them just because they are apple and they have it you know within their ecosystem to just sort of keep it going even if no one's paying for it um but i think eventually they're going to come to the point where They are seen as the new HBO. And I think HBO, on the other hand, uh, long term, I think it's going to be seen as being watered down, if anything, uh, with its new program and lineup for the Max uh, platform.
0: Yeah, they seem to really it's so funny that uh, their CEO is like we're coming for Disney Plus, but it's like they're kind of more coming for Netflix, like in a way because of all the 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 uh, the discovery part of it. You know, where it's like, you know, you're getting all these reality shows and you're trying to fan out your content and kind of be how Netflix has been, where it's kind of this Mm. one stop shop for everybody. But, you know, obviously HBO tied into Warner and having this prestige TV history that they have all these things that people want and can spin off and do all these things. So it's gonna get real interesting. Um, but the one thing I wanted to do up top before we get in, in too deep with that, cause yeah, I could talk about that for days, <laughs> is um, your website. I can't thank you enough for it. Honestly, it's like the backbone of what, <laughs> what we do here. We would not be nearly as successful if it didn't exist. like i said one-stop shop it is the one-stop shop for anything netflix news for sure um so the big question is where did this idea come from to do this and why netflix specifically
1: yeah, so I think it was originally a school project that was kind of just started up on the side, um, just because Netflix had just launched here and the UI was a lot clunkier than it is now. Right. Um, and in particular, they didn't cover up what's coming soon, what's new, and what's leaving, and th- they, those sort of three uh, subjects are the backbone of our site, really. Um, uh, so, and they still don't do it perfectly, I have to say. You know, um, the the what's new arrivals, you know, it's kind of scattered and it's it's all algorithm fed. Whereas what we like to do is just present the actual information and uh, give people the opportunity to see exactly everything that's new um, and what's coming soon. Uh, So yeah, it's just sort of grown over the years. Um, I still had a full-time job. uh, I'd still do. And and it kind of kind of just progressed where it's just taking up more and more of my time. And, you know, uh, we're establishing ourselves as hopefully as a good place to get your Netflix news and as to why Netflix, I, I think because of their global, global reach. I mean, uh, you know, we're uh, constantly evaluating which one to do next. You know, uh, we looked at Disney Plus, but I think their their offering is a little bit too um, uh, obvious for us and right. not as big as Netflix. I think Netflix's slate is far, uh, casts a far more wider net than that they do. And I think, you know, HBO Max is, I think, is going to be the, the next big one for us. Right. Um, I do see that one being global in scope and uh, one that that you don't often know everything that they produce because, as you said, manifest you wouldn't know that that's theirs. And I, f- I think even a couple of years ago, people were really surprised that Friends was owned by Warner Brothers and not NBC. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, it's just sort of grown from there. So you know, uh, this year and the pandemic's kind of sent our, our traffic a bit wonky in, in the sense that it's sort of blown up uh, and it's you know nearly. I don't know what the, the last reading was, but you know, we're getting nearly 10 million hits a month and it's just, yeah, just wild.
0: That's incredible. And, and yeah, you started this in 2013, which is the same year, you know, house of cards started and changed everything. Um, yeah. you know, and how has your website evolved with the needs and wants of like, say the average Netflix subscriber, like what do they even want? Like you were saying, obviously the, the comings and goings is a big part of it. You know, what um, else do you, do you notice that people are looking to get from your
1: site? yeah I, th- I think our previews do do uh, fairly well on the new seasons i mean we are pretty good at catching when filming dates are and uh you know behind the scenes stuff uh so i i think we're we're really good at telling what's going to be popular on the on the platform i think there's still a lo- load of shows that don't get as much coverage as they deserve mm-hmm. um as uh, virgin rivers a really good example at least in the early days um and and stranger things we were calling that is going to be their biggest show you know a few months before it and there was like one press release out and a couple of news articles. And I was thinking this is going to blow up. Ozark is another one we did a preview of and thought, holy crap, this is going to be the, uh, the you know, the break of bad equivalent. And then it kind of did. Right. Uh, and and also that means that we can tell the duds and um, more often than not, there's, there's quite a few of those. So it's, um, so, yeah, it's, it's good at predicting stuff. And, you know, we've evolved to now track track all the top 10s. And I think Netflix themselves have got a lot better at um, re- revealing their viewership numbers. But again, they're all scattered around the Web. So we like to put them in a, a single list. Um, and, yeah, just covering the library as a whole, really. And I think there's some interesting uh, takes that we have that other people don't cover.
0: Yeah, and it's, like I said, it's an amazing resource for me, and I'm sure it is for a lot of people who who really not only care about, you know, what is the comings and goings of Netflix in particular, but kind of the scope of things with, uh, you know, because you get a lot of stuff from the entertainment strategy guy and, and things yeah. where you're talking about the larger business at hand, some of the things that we already kind of touched on, uh, you know, starting up top. Before we get into more streaming war stuff, I was curious to know, because you you cover this stuff, how much stuff is coming in, what's going out and everything else. Do you think Netflix, especially right now, it feels like, do you think they have a content problem as in like they have too much going on sometimes? Because I will say, I, I thought, you know, the, the Fear Street uh, thing was going to be massive. And Mm. I think it was still successful. I haven't seen numbers. I don't know if you've seen numbers yet on it, but you know, obviously it was in, in the top tens and everything. So it was doing Mm. well enough, but at the same time, like right when this, that was starting to, to pique people's interest, they dropped like four returning shows, seasons, like all at once and, and just kind of like crushed it out of the the top (laughs) spots at, at the same time. So it's hard to to understand their strategy with this whether it's just we put it all out and and hopefully everybody has enough to watch like it doesn't I don't understand sometimes like Disney Plus it's very simple it's like here's yes. here's Loki oh did you not like Loki sorry like there's a couple other you things get in six going weeks. On. <laughs> right yeah so yeah just hang out but you know Netflix it's you know just it, it's it, the overeager you know like trying to please everybody thing gets really cluttered sometimes
1: yeah so, so yeah i agree there's complete there is pros and cons to doing it the way they do um there is an element of they have to because you know they are competing against companies with eight years worth of back catalog sure and as as the license content sort of drains out of the system um but there's been moves in that in recent weeks which i think then that they're, they're going to be back in the licensing game a lot more than I thought they were right um, particularly with the Sony pickup of the movies and the Universal deal recently and and today we've just seen Chicago Meg Med Drop mm-hmm. um, which was one of the you know the premier shows that was uh, highlighted for Peacock's release so I'm not sure what's going on over there um, but yes I, I do agree that there's, there's problems with it and I think the top tens uh, show you how quickly shows come in and out of uh, love you know when they drop you get that first sort of bump over the first few days and then they sort of just tail off. Yeah. Um, but, but again, they have to replace all of the content they've lost over time and, and keep everyone of all tastes interested. Yeah. And, I, and I think that that is where it gets confusing, particularly if you're a general entertainment fan, like me, me and you probably are Yeah. Um, as opposed to specific niches where someone, you know, if someone wants a reality show that the chances are that in that niche, only one show a month's coming out, right? Um, but when you when you when you're looking at the whole picture, there's a hell of a lot more. Um, yeah, I, I think it will work long term because it's you know it's building up a library. Um, but I'll come on to that in a second uh, with some of the flaws even in, in that too. So
0: yeah, I mean, I, I it's funny. I, the next two questions, I feel like we're 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 jumping on my stuff here. I, it's funny that you brought up the the recent deals that they had. I do have a question about that um, because. You know, the strategy right now for them is doing smaller deals. You know, the Sony thing is kind of a, you know, a, the largest of them all. But you also mm-hmm. got the Amblin deal. You got the Universal Animation stuff that was, they were kind of desperate to re-up as well. Uh, especially, sure. like, uh, with all the Illumination stuff, you know, Despicable Me's. And yeah, all that, those that
1: was a big, big get. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, and, and which there's all kinds of questions about universal for sure. Um, after how many deals they struck in the last little bit too. Um, but it kind of points to them making these like smaller deals kind of buying themselves time in a way to get their originals yeah. and, and other things to kind of accumulate to keep people coming um, versus like, say a large acu- acquisition like a studio like Amazon did with, uh, you know, MGM. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think, to, to keep up long term, that they need to do that, or do you think they're the seeds of what they're doing now is kind of like the way to stay on top long term?
1: So, I've always advocated for a big MA play. Um, clearly, they, they're it seems like they're not interested in it. Um, I think that the prices of everything is just too sky high. I think, I think the price that uh, Amazon paid for MGM is quite frankly ridiculous, and um, for what they're yeah. actually getting. I mean, the distribution rights internationally, at least, are just so messy for MGM's recent catalog, and even the back catalog has a lot of asterisks next to it. So I'm interested oh, yeah. to see how the chips of all that lays. And 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 from what I've heard, the studio is a mess anyway. Um, yeah. So I, I've always liked Lionsgate. I think they're small enough to to make a good impact. And I think the Twilight movies, for example, have shown that there's there's you know they do have some good IP. Um, yeah, John, John Wick. Wick. Yeah, Hunger yeah, Games. For sure. Yep. Yeah, there's some there's some great stuff there particularly that could be translated into well into television formats i think yeah especially um, hunger TV games series. for sure yeah for sure yeah um but i i think the smaller deals like Amblin i think that was sort of overblown and and, and again i think we'll so, say okay. that a lot yeah because you get they're basically it's amblin's sort of um uh, well, B-movies don't really exist in cinemas like they used to. Um, you know, pretty much the only time people go to cinemas nowadays is for the big budget blockbusters, right. um, which are sort of edged out these smaller films. And I I, I, I do like that they now have a home uh, on streaming. I think, you know, it's obviously a bit of a change of uh, strategy for Steven Spielberg, but then I think they just like money and it's, uh, you know, it's an easy... It's a lot easier where it's not based on performance, like it is in the cinema. Yeah. Um, so I, I do like that deal. I think it's going to make make a big difference. I hope they make it with smaller ones as well, um, uh, because you know established studios have talent and and they know how to make good films. Whereas you know when Netflix funds it all from themselves, you know sometimes they're a bit patchy. I think they're getting better as a whole. Yeah. Um, I think you know the Oscar nominations uh, certainly proved that right. Um, for sure, but there's still there's still a lot a lot of way to go, long way to go.
0: But even then, the last few you know big ticket ones that they had in terms of nominations, something like Chicago Seven was something that they didn't produce. It was just acquisitions, mm. you know. So even then, it seems like a lot of the acquisition ones are still playing a lot better than stuff they did whole cloth. Uh, for sure they had a few like Mank got a lot of nominations yeah. and, and you know you're going to continue to see stuff like Marriage Story or or Irishman or things like that do well of course but they do uh, especially during the pandemic they acquired oh, so. so many to prop themselves up uh, pieces of a woman and you know Malcolm and Marie and things like that as well but one of the things that I did see them start to do to kind of pivot from this game because it is you know getting out of control um mm. is they're doing uh, they had a few recent hirings where they have their first vp of game development and their first yeah. head of podcasts um should i get my resume together i guess is my question uh no <laughs> um so i'm basically what i'm saying is that it points to something that might be like a netflix netflix plus tier with all kinds of like content under one platform what do you think this is a smart play for them and might be something that other people will copy behind them going uh, forward
1: i think it's a logical evolution of the product i think if you're creating brands and uh franchises i think it makes sense to make that abroad across multiple different mediums yeah um you know you've, i think uh miller world with the comic books makes a hell of a lot of sense and and while I don't, while I don't think gaming is going to be the next big thing for Netflix, I think it's going to be a nice complementary uh, addition to the service. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know how it's going to eventually look. I think it's just mobile for the for the time being, which even then could be you know quite compelling, particularly you know mobile mobile gaming space as a whole at the moment is pretty toxic. Yeah. Uh, and unfriendly to, uh, you know, unfriendly to your wallet at the very least. For sure. Um. It, in the term, you know, so I think there's a good strategy there that if it can just suck up some more times and get you uh, invested in their franchises more, then it makes a hell of a lot of sense. Um, But it's not particularly new, you know, that they have done video games in the past, albeit it doesn't sound as a bigger effort as it is now. And again, with with the podcast space, they have done podcasts in the past. You know, we, we put a podcast uh, article out recently and we were surprised with how many they've actually done. Yeah. Um, But, but like the service itself, so they you know there's there's a, quite a lot of them. A lot of them get picked up for maybe four episodes, and they just get uh, left. So yeah, we'll see we'll see how it goes. Um, I think a lot of it is you know look at the shiny thing over here and don't look at our numbers sort of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it's an evol- evolution to you know keep people in the walled garden and make it so that Netflix is your your number one go to place still. Um, whether that be for TV entertainment or other types going forward.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, if they can get people, you know, in the podcasting or gaming space and make them proprietary, you know, it seems to be Mm -hmm. the deal with everybody, whether you're Spotify or whether you're, you know, any of these Amazon, uh, you know, striking deals to keep people all in one place. So, you know, if, if I see this person, this content creator, I'm going to be there. And Mm -hmm. it makes sense that Netflix would also want to play that game. Uh, a little bit too, but do you think they have, like, it, it kind of stems into the problem that I was saying with kind of the, the big, you know, clouding of content that they have. Do you think they have like a branding issue? Because to me, like, uh, you know, case in point, like, uh, you know, th- the things that make up fandom, you know, it, I think when we were talking about uh, Fear Street recently doing the reviews, it's like if they're doing something right, I want to buy like a toy or a T-shirt or I want to buy, you know, a poster or something. I feel like Stranger Things, they did a really good job with that. And then everything else is like hands off. Like, why, could, yeah. why couldn't why could they have done more even to like the demos where it would make so much sense, like To All the Boys or Kissing Booth or any of these things where it's a young, vibrant fan base that wants more from these people these characters and this these films like uh have a bit of a connection to it i don't feel like i see them like you know i go to like you know comic book conventions and all these other things like i, I don't see them turning up the juice as much as other studios
1: <laughs> uh no uh I, I, yeah t- t- you you are completely right, and I I think they're they're starting to turn the ship on that. Um, they released uh, Netflix.shop recently, and right. that seems to be more like the sort of supreme model where they just have a batch of items that they just drop, yeah. um, for a limited time, and then then they're gone. Um, I think they outsourced a lot of the Stranger Things uh, merchandising, if my memory recalls, um, and then a lot of the titles they just don't own the underlying IP for. Mm. Um, so that so that's True. a lot of a lot of the issues. So. Yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be part of it growing forward. I think it's hard to tell what a hit's going to be and whether it's worth investing the money early on. Sure. Um, uh, so I think if, I mean, I'm just on the, the Netflix shop now. I mean, there's some Lupin stuff. Uh, Yusaki, uh, I mean, that, that kind of went out of fashion very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, and then The Witcher. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so I hope so is the answer. Um, but how it, how it will look, I don't know.
0: Yeah, The Witcher is one of those things that I was so surprised because uh, they just released a lot of the numbers from the last quarter, uh, which you know made a lot of noise for, you know, the fact that you know maybe their subscriber base went down or maybe their numbers weren't as good or it was back to like pre-pandemic at least. But to me, I, I thought it was much ado about nothing because uh, Netflix is at the point of they dominated during the pandemic. And now, just like a lot of people, they're slowing down. They're running out of stuff. They can't just keep, you know, producing at the level they were uh, during the pandemic. And and quite frankly, you know, even though they produce a lot of content and they get a lot of stuff in the coffers, like, it's got to slow down at some point. Not everything is going to be a hit. So, you know, there's going to be these lulls, especially for any studio, uh, like that post Oscars to, like, right as summer's hitting is always awful (laughs) awful and it was you know in 2020 you know before they even knew the pandemic was happening and now obviously we're gonna we're getting a delayed version of that because the Oscars were delayed and everything else so you know I I don't know what do you think that there's a reason to be alarmed at this point
1: if you're them um it's it's hard to say because it's we're we're in such a funny time where we're coming out of COVID. Well, I say we're coming out of COVID. Yeah, we it don't depends on my country. Whether, <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 see what happens. I mean, if if another variant flares up, you know, you never know what we're going to get into. Um, but I I think if you look at it from just this year and last year, I think they're they're going to be very outlier years mm-hmm. in in the grand scheme of things. I mean, they're they're talked about the pull forward. I think everyone saw that particularly Disney Plus. Sure. Um and I think that that aided their their you know, that just made Disney Plus looks like the king yeah. um last year because they had such a pull forward too. Um I think HBO Max is a little bit different because they they came out of the gate uh very poorly in my opinion. I yeah. don't think they did a good job launching that well people got fired
0: for it, so you wouldn't be wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I still I still think the next year or two for them is going to be a nightmare with the, the new merger. Um I'm constantly hearing from sources that, you know, that, that they're struggling to, you know, when they pick up the phone, they don't even know who's gonna answer at Warner Brothers mm-hmm. still, um, so it's uh, it's tricky. And yeah, the production really hurt Netflix. I think for the Q1 and Q2 this year, um, we're starting to see a lot of the filmings, uh, you know, the, the projects that got underway with filming like Black Summer, which got underway, you know, early this year that just released. Right. Um, so we are starting to see stuff crawl back. I think we're gonna end up having a heavily weighted uh, 2022 for content i think there's gonna be a lot because productions have to keep going ahead regardless of when because you know the, the costs of keeping them dormant or delaying them is just as much as you end up doing them yeah. in a lot of the time because you have to have uh people in contracts you know that's why i think blow Glow was sadly cancelled because you know that they had a massive cast and they were only signed on for this length of time before they were released for, for other projects right and renewing them would just you know it become the return on investment just isn't there yeah so um I, there are things that concern me and, and going back to the brand branding thing for a second i do think the internal brand i think we're now coming up on 40 percent of all titles on netflix being originals right um and i do think that um it's a good thing for HBO max when you log in and you click on the cartoon network button you know roughly what you're going to get and i still don't think we have that yet right um so i've always advocated for like a You know, a top tier premium uh, brand for their movies that they really want to promote for the Oscars and stuff. Um, That could have the you know the long, super long Hans Zimmer intro that they did. (laughs) That they spent a fortune that no one sent. Yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah And and, you know, having having logo stings for uh, Netflix Family when you boot up the show. I just think there needs to be additional brands beyond just the Netflix original brand. Um, going forward just so you can categorize i think people are quite visual when they come on to netflix um you know you, you're presented with lots of covers um, but i think in your head categorizing them you know if if it's got a gold peer, you know netflix original film logo on it you roughly know what you're gonna get whereas at the mm-hmm. moment if you stack three netflix original films out they're gonna differ wildly in both genre and quality and and who's involved with it so um yeah i just think internal branding and, and, and they've already done the hard work here because they have social brands on Twitter. Sure. Um, You know, they've got Netflix geek. So if they just put that logo and they've got a really good uh, brand for their K drama stuff. So they just created logos things. I just think that would get people invested in the individual sub brands of Netflix. And I think that is where a lot of the other game uh, people coming into the game, you know, Peacock has all its brands like sci-fi and HBO obviously has TNT, um, cartoon networks I mentioned and HBO. Right. yeah, and Disney's got Star Wars and Marvel, so it's um, a- a- among other things, of course.
0: For sure. Yeah, I always thought about, you know, a couple of different things that they could do and, and wonder if they could. I mean, they've been putting a high premium on, you know, animation uh mm-hmm. and, and the kids play stuff you know i keep making jokes about coco melon how can you not but it is working <laughs> extremely well um it's yeah also- they just commissioned a new uh,
1: new exclusive series for it as well which is yeah. very interesting yeah which considering it's a youtube show
0: yeah and they signed you know exclusive deals with people like uh chris knee i believe is the guy who did yep. doc mcstuffins who just came out with Rich. ridley jones yep. and all this other stuff so part of me thinks like that they would do really well if they had like netflix family or netflix kids or netflix junior or something to kind of you know i think they did that on their youtube where they have like a netflix junior or something like that um or netflix kids where they can you know kind of almost offer it as like a separate part of the app you know like a separate app you know where it's like oh you know if you want it just for your kids to literally sit in front of it for hours you don't have to worry that they're gonna watch something that they shouldn't be or or anything like that yeah
1: they they do kind of have that, um, but I agree it could be a lot better done. I think I think how it works on the children's stuff at the moment, the only thing that really differs for it is that you've got um, sort of like a character so you can dive into individual characters. Yeah. But otherwise, I, I just think, you know, that if you if you go on your phone now and type in Shondaland, you get a nice uh, banner with all of her shows beneath it. I just think creating nice curated uh, lists of content yeah, would be really good for sifting through the weeds. Oh, for uh, sure. Because they're yeah, and 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 stop facing uh, in you know uh, choice paralysis, which is quite often what I even get when I boot up the app. And you know, I'm I'd like to think I'm fairly knowledgeable of what's on there, and I still get just overwhelmed, and you end up just turning off, turning it off. Yeah, because you can't find anything.
0: I hear that all the time. And, and one of the things I, I'm curious to, to know your thoughts on, too, is so a lot of the, the competitors that they're fighting, you know, are not just the elites, not people who are, are premium content that costs a lot of money uh, per month. It's people who are coming out with, you know, free or very low cost with ad supported. Do you think that maybe they might go that route where maybe it's like, OK, here's nothing but Netflix originals. And you get it hmm. for free or it's ad supported or something like that. And then try to, you know, stem everybody off, basically, you know, try to, you know, offer different levels to that way. Maybe because maybe people don't want to pay $15, $20 a month and, and, sure. and compete with the old cable idea.
1: Uh, the answer is probably not. Um, I, I think you could argue it's merits for, for having an AVOD sort of type service on there. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the answer is probably not. I think we're, we're going to see some experimentation with live stuff. Um, and I think that could possibly be free. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I'm pretty sure they're going to be adamant on keeping it a premium service right. um, ju- just because they'd have to build up a massive new team for advertising uh, and a lot of the Companies that you mentioned already have established those teams you know Viacom has a big advertising unit so does Disney so does Warner Brothers and such so so it's more incentivized for them to go around down that route because they've already got the teams there for sure um yeah I don't know I personally wouldn't like it because I, I think it does it does dilute the content somewhat mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I still think uh, ads ads online are still a bit tricky particularly on avod services um, you know that they can be a nightmare um or they can just not create a big enough return sure um so yeah i hope i hope not and i don't think so but we never know um they might be forced to um because a lot of people are saying that it's a good way of getting people in the door right um to then to then sign up to the premium tiers but we'll yeah i guess we'll see Hey, Field Hang 10, watch out for a new wave of episodes for Forgotten Cinema Season 9, Forgotten Summer. Ugh, really, baller a theme season? Let me guess, we're going to talk about films that were released in the coveted summer months that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences. You know it, bro. What we liked about them or maybe didn't. But we'll always recommend people check them out. Maybe they'll find their own Forgotten Summer gem. So check out Forgotten Summer wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hold on, gotta catch this wave. We're sitting at desk in a recording booth.
0: All right, so enough business talk, I guess, a little bit. I want to kind of get a sense of what you like about uh, Netflix and and where your your allegiances lie, specifically in the Netflix original movie game, obviously. Um, So a little game. Netflix, like we said, is desperate for a movie franchise to take off, and they have a few in various levels of development right now. I'm going to give you two at a time, and you tell me which one you want to see more. All right. Okay. Army of the Dead 2 or Extraction 2?
1: Army of the Dead 2. I I, I weren't a massive fan of the first one, but I I think Zack Snyder is is such a strange enigma to me um, that I would quite like to see the second one. And Extraction 2 is. I've I've seen that movie before. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like the first one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine. Except probably Bloodier, which will be just fine. Like, because that movie is all stunt and action related like as far as it's it's not a it's not a plot driven masterpiece so if you're gonna get into it it's gonna be the the guys who made all the russo brother movies pop let's do just more of that fine i'm in yeah yeah i mean it's
1: it's great um but yeah army of the dead too for sure
0: what do you think of the Zack snyder deal like he's you know uh, between how especially how they're doing army of the dead where it's like they're gonna have A prequel with a lesser character doing like this, you know, uh, heist rom-com with zombies and then having the anime, uh, you know, come out too before uh, the sequel comes out. How do you see that deal kind of getting pushed around?
1: Do you mean the, the Zack Snyder deal specifically or that just that universe?
0: Yeah, well, all of it, I guess. I mean, he also has this thing, uh, the sci-fi film, that he thinks is going to be a giant franchise too. But I guess, do you expect like that he, this is like his new home? Like this is going to be the new Warner Brothers to him?
1: I think so. I, I, mean, I mean, it does sound like Warner Brothers has um, uh, quietly thrown him under the bus with a few things. I mean, the, the Zack Snyder Justice League is still crazy that they released it yeah. where that you know they released all that new content that sets up another film for it to never come um you know that shows you how how, how unsure they were of the pandemic because i'm sure if the pandemic weren't, i don't think that would have got a green light at all sure um i i do i do like Zack snyder's uh, storytelling uh, capabilities i think i think you could question um his cinematography in army of the dead i mean i felt sick for most of it and how close <laughs> up it felt and has zoomed out for some of it um but i, I do like the worlds that he creates you know he creates uh, compelling characters you know the plot often uh, doesn't hold much water to it but i think the, i think the prequels could be quite interesting uh, the guy that is the main uh, protagonist in it is actually directing it too yeah he's um, a huge so, star
0: in germany so they think yeah. i think this is part of that at play too with their international stuff that they have to kind of get across to to stay and play yeah. at some of these countries
1: yeah and as for the as for rebel moon i think that's quite an interesting one uh it has potential i'd be interested to know how much budget they're giving him i think that makes a hell of a lot of difference um and then the one I'm probably most excited for is his uh, Greek mythology uh, anime series. I think we've we've already had, we've already had a Greek mythology one, um, but I think his vision for it would probably a bit be a bit different to that one. Oh, for um, sure. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to see what he comes up with. All right, next pair
0: we got for you, another Film Street film and or trilogy or Anoa Holmes two.
1: Uh yeah, Fifth Street. I think I I, I liked what they did there. Um, I, did I quite like them to. I I'd quite like them to see them dive into other uh, other R.L. Stein's work. Um, but yeah, Fifth Street. I think I think it's uh, it could be absolutely uh, replicated into other countries. I'd be interested to see what other, like filmmakers from from say France or Germany have to take hmm. has to take on it. Um, I think that would be quite interesting. But yeah, Fifth Street for sure. I I really enjoyed the format of that 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 series.
0: So you're kind of uh, advocating for a little bit of what they're doing with Bird Box, a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that makes sense. Um, we've seen we've seen it work uh, with some other stuff. Um, I think Money Heist from South Korea is going to do well. I, I think they would be crazy not to do an Indian version of that show, given how popular it is. I mean, it's spent nearly every single day over the past year True. in their top tens. Um, so I think it makes sense to-, to delve into the with these IPs into individual localized languages. Um, uh, just so you know, and, and again, it gets the fans even more more stuff to dive into because, as they said in the Q two um, uh, investor thing, uh, they just want people to get involved in these characters and get iced in, in, into the worlds. Yeah. And Netflix can provide a really good platform to get people lost, um, you yeah. know, and give them plenty to chew on. And Lee
0: jenniac the the director, the writer director of the Fear Street films, has kind of said, you know, th- multiple angles of it are on the table but she was kind of saying you know that she'd like a fear street you know cinematic universe essentially where she can you know take it in all different directions uh they could do you know a later trilogy they can go you know back in time they could take characters Mm -hmm. from these uh certain movies that they just did now and take them on separate adventures um you know so there's a bunch of things that she thinks can happen and, and there's been a bunch of rumors that you know, Netflix is already starting to green light another trilogy uh, at least that they want to do, you know, maybe not for probably next summer. Cause that would be insane. But um, you know, maybe for two summers from now, another trilogy would be coming. Out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It'd be hard to see how that would w- have actually worked originally in the cinemas though, because I think the original plan was to release it over three months yes. in the cinemas. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would have gone to the cinema three months in a row for, for that film, that film franchise. But I think, even if you just do it within a weekend, it's still really nice. Yeah. Um, but uh, Netflix does have a big relationship with Peter Chernin and Chernin Entertainment who produced it. So, you know, never say never.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, but I am still, I, I was a big fan of the, the first of Noah Holmes film. And, and I think, cavill even though he looks kind of crazy as a so overly jacked holmes um i still am i'm, I'm a fan so i'm actually yeah. looking forward to the second one of that too because i i've always loved sherlock in general so you know anything in that universe I, i'm all for it
1: yep and uh rip uh the irregulars i guess while well, we're talking about sherlock so it's <laughs> yeah well that got
0: canceled right
1: yeah, yeah, they yeah. got canceled. There is, an, there is another Sherlock Holmes project coming out soon, mm-hmm. um, so that'll be interesting to see uh, how, how that one pans out. Yeah. But, T- yeah, Anola Holmes was basically Millie Bobby brand carried that film, yes. and that really shows her star power, that that film got as many hits as it did. 100%. Um, yeah, yeah, she, she is a superstar, for sure.
0: All right, and the last one I have for you is a little cheeky. Uh, Old Guard 2 or 365 Days Part 2 and 3?
1: Oh, God. <laughs> uh I well I mean obviously the old guard but um yeah it would be yeah I, I can't say I I didn't even watch the first one all the way through to be honest it's just uh yeah I didn't either yeah, but they,
0: you could tell like Netflix in a way wants another shutdown for when parts two and three come because I think that oh, yeah, was they, part they of could, how big it became
1: yeah they could not have timed that any better and I think it's I think that I think what's more interesting for me is the sort of more conservative uh, countries around the world and how popular it was there and that's kind of hmm yeah uh, what are you guys doing
0: <laughs> but exactly. yeah
1: I, I mean we've seen the, seen the formula replicated with uh, recently sex life um yeah. after always does well um you know there's a lot of horny people out there and good for netflix for satisfying that um th- those needs Yeah, exactly
0: i never thought it would happen because it's so funny um you have uh an author that's contributed where he talked about Thing that, oh, America the Motion Picture came out, oh, yes, and they yeah. were like, "Oh my gosh, is this gonna be like bad for Netflix's brand?" I'm like, "You don't know Netflix very well. They literally will do anything. <laughs> like they're gonna do, hey, here's Yesterday and Blue Miracle, and here's all this stuff, and then oh, by the way, here's 365, you know, parts two and three. So yeah, they don't I, care.
1: Again, they have to cast a wide net, right? So it's um, yeah, and and they are gonna." uh alienate and annoy people with their their choices i mean it's hard to it's hard for me to even defend cuties uh, at the the marketing campaign around it right um but you know at the end of the day would that movie have been watched as much as it did if it wasn't for all the controversy you know um you know they say they say any pr is good pr so it's uh we'll see
0: that's for sure and I know you probably love all these movies like your children, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> what Netflix original film is your favorite thus far this year? And what film are you looking to the most before the year is out?
1: Uh, so the Mitchell's versus the Machines uh, was my favorite this year. It Same was, here. Um, it, it didn't it didn't catch me off guard because Sony Animation Pictures are so talented. Yeah. Um, but I just I I just enjoyed it, and it just remind it just. It felt new and fresh and really funny and, you know, today uh, up to date. And it's just, yeah, really, really, really good. Um, yeah. Really enjoyed
0: it. Yeah. of Miller is amazing. Uh, they, yeah. yeah. They can't do any wrong, you know, into the Spider-Verse and the Lego films and everything else. And 21 Jump Street, if you want to do the non-animated, they are so talented and so fun that anything yeah. they do, I, I sign up. I'm right there with you. That's my favorite Netflix uh film of the year thus far and and what do you think before uh the year is out what do you think uh what are you most looking forward to what do you think is going to be the big hit
1: so i'm personally looking forward to uh there's someone inside your house um Mm. i don't hear a lot of people talking about that one um i think that's going to be a good halloween hit um so if you have enjoyed fear street i think that one's good and sean levy uh is just constantly produces high quality content um yeah. for netflix so really really excited for that one uh, beyond that um i'd probably pick something obvious like knives out Two. i mean the star power in that movie alone is just insane yeah. um i'm quite looking forward to seeing the new uh noah Bombach film uh because yeah, white noise
0: the,
1: yeah yeah but the, the behind the scenes i've seen of that looks wild um and it's very different from the sort of movies he's done before so I, i'm really interested to see how that that turns out but yeah, there's a bunch. There's a bunch, um, uh, and there's a few Adam Sandler movies which I'm quite looking forward to. They're not not from his production company per se, but right. there are a few that he's involved with that I'm really excited for because I think I don't think he gets enough credit for how well he did in Uncut Gems and a few other films over the years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Punch Drunk Love, like there there are many. Like he's he is he's amazing when he's not doing the comedies. Even though obviously you know I'm. 39 like I am right with his you know (laughs) he was a god to me when I was a you know (laughs) a middle schooler and beyond like and and to be honest I revisit those early films all the time there's some of the funniest things to me ever so you know I I still give him a chance no matter what happens you know it's like I know this is going to be dumb you know but even like hubie halloween i was like well maybe there's a shot and i was like oh okay never mind uh it was back to back to same old sandler so um we'll see we'll see what he's got he's got you know that huge deal with netflix he's gonna keep churning stuff out so i'm sure we'll have to watch it in some way uh you know to, to keep up with that um how do you think we're looking for for oscar season this year that's my only concern right now i mean they have a few films you know, going to some of the larger festivals, which uh, is something they didn't do last year. You know, so things like, um, you know, don't look up, like looks like a big player for them,
1: but uh, potentially, yeah, uh, yeah. I've 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 heard that one is quite confusing though. So I, I oh really? Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, but we'll see. I um I think a lot of people have just seen bits and pieces out of context, but it's certainly got the star power to to, to oh, do God, it. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh and and to be fair i don't think they've made all their big moves for the films you know on the acquisition point of, uh from the acquisition point of view either so um yeah we'll see we'll see what happens but yeah i don't think it's as strong as previous years mm-hmm. um but there's still there's still plenty there um i think animation they got a good chance i mean theoretically they could fill the entire oscars nomination board um i think uh, back to the outback is going to be very very good later on this year right um uh but yeah beyond that uh yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say. There's a, there's some good ones coming out that are going to be very watchable, but whether they're Oscar Oscar nominated, I, d- I do not know. Um, but I I give up trying to predict what they want. So it's uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I know they tried to get uh, Jane Campion's film the the Power of the Dog into Cannes, and then they still have that issue over there where that didn't come mm-hmm. through. And then they have a couple of films already announced for the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, I haven't heard where they have anything coming to Venice um but you know now it's starting to to heat up you know they have uh, Antoine Fuqua's movie going to Toronto they have the yep. uh uh the Melissa McCarthy movie the more prestige one it,
1: no, I, I, I'm only thinking of the, the the series that got cut short in Australia um, it's
0: named after a bird or something she's like chasing after a bird <laughs> And it's supposed to be a prestige film. Yeah. Um, So that's interesting. Um, But yeah, so she has one that's going there. And then a few international titles I know they've done well Uh with. Uh, But yeah, I I, and the harder they fall is definitely something I'm looking forward to as well. Yes, that looks like a lot of fun. Um, And and to be honest, I thought that was gonna be an Oscar play. And then I saw the trailer. I was like, whoa, I don't I don't think so. But it looks fun as hell.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you don't really know what it's gonna gonna be um, just yet. I think it could go any direction. I think Tick Tick Boom has the potential too. Yes, uh, Lin Manuel uh, Miranda is you know he, everything he touched seems to turn to gold in recent years. Um, so we'll see see what happens there. Of course, his Vivo film comes out yep. uh, early next month, um, so I'm excited for that one too. Um, but yeah, there, there's a bunch in the, in the in the works, and you know there's a there's a there's a bunch I can't talk about because. Um, Gosh, darn it. I'm on track for it. So mm-hmm. it's, um, but yeah, there, there is a lot in the, in the pipeworks and particularly I, I really like the video game adapt- adaptations that are coming up. Um, I think, I think Netflix has spotted something there, which other people haven't. And I think that they're going to do a really good job, um, in, in adapting video games, less so on the animation, uh, anime to live ad adaptation. Uh, but that's, yeah, I think that's always going to be a
0: contentious topic. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, Resident Evil, uh, they just dropped some version of that and it didn't seem to go well critically anyway. Um, no. So I don't know what they're going to do. But yeah, video game films have notoriously been not well received <laughs> over the years. So if they can if they can land one, though, go for it. Because yeah. you know? a lot of these yeah. games have been more plot driven anyway. So it's kind of like a cheat code. To get in there and try to try to make it work so who knows yeah and
1: it's not just yeah it's not just netflix even i mean hbo made the big play for the last of us i mean that i think that's going to be huge for them yeah um, so we'll we'll see where that lands up but yeah there's some great great ones on the way
0: and and last for you like do you think the success of this year is going to be determined by how well red notice does because to me like you yeah. can't get any bigger than what they're doing and especially the the next logical step for because they keep trying to push all these like action blockbuster stuff uh that you know red notice is the big deal and then the gray man is something that's coming down the line that's going to be as big or bigger so do you think bigger. this needs to be successful for them to not get gunshine in the future
1: perhaps um i i I mean, it is this year's version of Six Underground for sure. Um that what that film didn't do well critically, but it seemed to have got plenty of interest from people just sort of taking over. I mean, if the Fast and Furious films can keep going on as long as they have, yeah. then there's no reason that Netflix can't just fund these weird, wacky, um, uh, you know, big star driven action movies. For sure. Uh I don't I don't know how that's gonna turn out. All we've seen is a is a picture, um, which just has three people that we all know just staring at the camera. So right. um We'll see. We'll see how it goes, but it's got the budget, and as you said, the grey man has the potential to be the biggest. Um, we'll see the, the novel's very good. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that one.
0: Excellent, sir. Anything else that like uh, you can share? Have you seen? So you haven't seen numbers on Fear Street, right?
1: No, it's too early. So, so I, I imagine what will happen. Uh, typically we get, um, if they're going to release numbers, they'll release it uh, 30 days. I imagine we'll get a number for the entire trilogy okay. as to how many people just checked out the trilogy altogether. Um, but we probably won't get that until sort of uh, mid to late August, if if, if not um, the next investicle, uh, which is September, I think. Okay.
0: Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, I, I am very curious to see how that did because you know I, I thought it was a very smart rollout I thought it was, you know, a very well done series. And the fact that there are already, you know, potential rumors out there that they're already trying to re-up. I think that probably meant that the number's good. I just want to see if it's like a Noah Holmes good. Like, is it in that audience? Like, you know, cause they were trying to go yeah. after that stranger things, you know, younger crowd, but still plays a little bit older in terms of the, the gore and, and some Mm. of the other things so it's an interesting mix so i'm curious to see how well that did
1: yeah and the top tens are are, are sometimes a little deceiving i mean i've just looked at the global chart and it's still number four in the world today right even though if you look at the us movies list it's just twilight from top to bottom if you look at australia who got who got the entire Harry Potter collection last week? It's Harry Potter from top to bottom. Right. Um, whereas countries like mine, where we haven't got a big collection of new movies, it's still doing relatively well. So it's um. Well, actually, haven't said that. We just got the, the entire Matrix trilogy, so that's doing quite well. So it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's always hard to tell from just an individual country's point of view, and that's where it's going to go. I think. I think the U.S., although important, is still going to be is going to be one country in a mix of loads. Right. Um, Whereas I think Disney and and Warner Brothers, at least, are still U.S. focused uh, primarily, which is very different and perhaps could be why Netflix is losing ground in America. Um, But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see long term what happens.
0: Well, I appreciate you taking the time, sir. You know, anytime you want to come on and, and break any news or, or have any larger discussions, I'm always for sure. it. I've, I've done so many of these episodes where it's like, hey, let's look at the long-term, you know, streaming <laughs> wars stuff. like. And most of the time, I'm literally regurgitating articles that you have posted. So, Oh, that's know, awesome. Cool. Uh, and, and we shout you every time, so don't think we're not giving you credit. That's why I was like, <laughs> bullish to get you on this. I'm glad this worked out. So thanks for taking the time with us today and come on anytime.
1: Yeah, we'll do. Thank you very much.